Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Podcast. We share inspirational stories of entrepreneurs and how they overcame difficulties on their way to success. In this episode, we interview Kathy Clark with the Alternatives to Violence Project. We will learn all about her important work in the community and how she's living out the phrase, be the change that you want to see in the world. Thank you for listening to the Conqueror's Podcast. All right, and <laughs> so we're here. So, so Kathy, tell me a little bit um, about who you are and what do you do? Awesome. Um, so that's a good question that I I often look at <laughs> to verify that I'm still who I am. Um, who am I? I'm a native of Bakersfield. Um, I'm a statistic in a lot of ways. I, I'm a teen mom from the east side of Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that's really shaped who I am today. And I don't want to lose focus of that because it's really important. And um, we'll talk about that, I guess, a little bit later. But um, what do I do? I am an outreach coordinator for the Alternatives to Violence Project, which is a nonprofit here in California, in Bakersfield. Um, I'm also a mobile notary public. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of my little my little business that I run on the side. Um, and I'm a mother. I'm a mother and guardian of, of six children. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so your your job working with APP. What is what is that all about? So APP is a really interesting nonprofit. It started in 1975 in New York in the prison system Mm -hmm. with older lifer gang members in prison who wanted to teach the younger gang members an alternative to violence um, to really be able to get them to understand the consequences of their decisions. And so they enlisted the help of some Quakers and civil rights activists and they put together this curriculum that we use today. Um, We we facilitate these two-day workshops in prisons and communities with youth, um, all types of different um, groups. And what's really neat about it is that it's, it's totally run by volunteers. Mm-hmm. So because of that model, um, we're able to offer these workshops free. We're, mm-hmm. we're able to um, go into communities and train them train the community members to become community leaders um, through giving them the skills you know building community building trust and so AVP my job with AVP uh, we we received a grant through the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation Mm -hmm. to uh, start this program here in Kern County Mm -hmm. Um, part of what will happen in that process um, is we will identify certain volunteers from the local area who will long-term sustain and support the prison program mm-hmm. um, that we that we are that we're focusing on. So my job in particular, I'm focusing on the prisons North Kern mm-hmm. and Wasco, which are in the northern part of Kern County. Um, so my job is really to educate our community on AVP to recruit and identify 
um, local volunteers to, to become facilitators and to continue this cycle of recruiting new participants into these workshops and training them up to be uh, local workshop volunteer facilitators. Wow. When I, when I listen to how you describe the AVP, it sounds like it's an organization that has very like, deep roots mm-hmm. and it's something that's uh, really geared at making a difference in society. Um, oftentimes you hear of how this prison lifestyle is glamorized and so I find it fa- fascinating that you had the prison population, prison population yeah. who are kind of giving back to those who think that this is what they want to do with their life and they're trying to say hey I've been down that road you don't want to go down that road that I've been down you uh, you don't want to go down the road that um, that I'm going down here's uh, something that you can here's a program that you can be a part of to um, help you do something differently now for those who are those who are already in prison is it you know, you said the younger population, is it, is it too late for them? I mean, what happens after they go through this no, man. program? So there was, um, there was a news story that was done on, on a guy who got out after a 25-year sentence, you know, and he's in his 50s, and he lives just north of here in Visalia. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's online if you, if you Google AVP and in Bakersfield, I'm sure the story will come up. But he gave an interview how, um, you know, he started taking this program in prison and how it's completely changed his life. Mm-hmm. And he continues to volunteer with AVP out here mm-hmm. in the free world. And it's making such a huge impact. Um, you know, this is, this is an interesting program, in my opinion, because it's totally experiential. So mm-hmm. we're not going into these workshops doing things to people we're not talking to them we're not lecturing to them we're not assigning reading to them we are introducing activities and exercises and games and that in itself allows them to enjoy the experience to be open to what comes up for them personally and, and to share this with each other, we learn from each other. We use the collective wisdom and experiences from that group. And I think that that's really important, especially for the younger guys, mm-hmm. because, you know, they know everything. You yeah. <laughs> Just like we were, right? They know everything. You can't teach them anything. You can't tell them anything. So when it comes up for them from within, mm-hmm. um, I think that's why it's so effective, you know? So as a facilitator, you're kind of holding the space where the, the conversations can happen, where the dialogues can happen. Um, you're not necessarily saying, hey, I have all the answers. This is what you should do to get your life in order. Exactly. But you simply just create the space where they can uh, help each other and just kind of be open what happens in the moment. Does that sound? Yeah, yeah. And I've had people tell me that this is going through this workshop and the activities and everything is 
it, it reminds them of like an improv workshop that they've mm-hmm. done. Um, just, you know, the parts of just going with the moment or losing yourself or it being uncomfortable at mm-hmm. first and then experiencing something new and different. Um, yeah. Hmm. Wow. So you told me, you told me a little bit about your background. Um, you know, you mentioned how you should have been a statistic, you know, based upon, you know, where you grew up, you know, being a young mother. And so what is it that drew you to this work and how did you know that this was kind of your, your calling, maybe not your life calling, but your, your purpose for this time in your life? Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I appreciate that. Um, so I was, I was working in the banking industry, the financial industry, and I knew that, I knew that I was spared from a lot of things that I witnessed growing up for a reason. Mm -hmm. I just kind of came to this point in my life a few years ago that, um, I'm sitting on a lot of, a lot of knowledge and experience that could possibly be helpful to change, to change the statistics Mm -hmm. in, in the East side of Bakersfield particularly, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but in, in my community as a whole and maybe even larger than that. Um, so I started kind of looking for other ways that I can get involved. Um, and I came across this job, this job posting as an outreach coordinator. I knew that it was only for a three year commitment, which was kind of scary because I was in a pretty stable career already, you know, with great benefits. And, um, so to go from that to, to this, um, it, it, it was a huge leap of faith and conviction and, I, I do have a very strong conviction that, um, you know, we there, there's just so much room for improvement in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. I, I was fortunate enough before I went into banking to uh, work for a little while in labor organizing, mm-hmm. and that really exposed me to different communities and seeing how other areas around the nation are are doing things that I really liked. You know, there's there's this sense of community that is different than. Um, the way Bakersfield has been for me in my mm-hmm. experience has also given me the motivation that, you know, we, we can do something different. We mm-hmm. can make our area better. And when I started really looking into this AVP program, I just fell in love with it because yeah, yeah. I don't think there's anything like that that's that's been done here, at least not in my lifetime that I'm aware of. Yeah, and so you mentioned earlier that this is a volunteer program and the funding doesn't last forever. And so how do you actually go about building this, you know, organization that's kind of self-sustaining? And then secondly, how do you find volunteers that maybe have the same passion as you do that want to do this without paying? Yeah, man. <laughs> Again, great questions. Um, it's it's not easy I'll yeah. tell you that it takes a lot of um, you know as I said in the beginning just um, knowing who I am mm-hmm. um, it takes a lot of resiliency mm-hmm. I think in, in this in my part of it as a as an outreach coordinator essentially a community organizer right, mm-hmm. right. Um, it, it just takes a lot of energy and and a, and a really firm grasp on on what it is, the bigger picture, yeah. you know, and all of the little, the little conversations I have with people, um, 
it, it takes, I get a lot of no's before I get a yes, you know, when you're asking somebody, hey, come to this workshop, it's an entire weekend, and, you know, and, and we're going to have a circle, and, and they're just like, no, man, I don't want to go to therapy, that's what it sounds like, or you'll hear, as soon as you say the words alternatives to violence project, some people really get rubbed a wrong way like yeah. I am not violent nor do I want to be around violent people yeah. and so um, there, there's been a lot of education in this process um, there's been a lot of trial and error with messaging and yeah. marketing and um, <laughs> it hasn't been easy I'll it tell is. you that okay. um, when, when I identify a, a, a participant a workshop participant um, that I think through conversation or through a presentation or an appointment or whatever have you, um, it's it's a hand-holding process uh-huh. until they've actually gotten their butt in that seat in the <laughs> workshop. Then by like the first hour, what usually comes out is, I had no idea it would be like this. Yeah. This is amazing. And yeah. they can't... They, there's always a sadness when it comes to an end the second wow. day, you know. So you, you touched on it briefly, um, but I want to go a little bit, you know, more in depth. Or what, have, what have been some of the, the biggest challenges that you've experienced, you know, being uh, is the outreach coordinator? Yeah. Um, yeah. You yeah. mentioned the <laughs> messaging, but what's kind of been the biggest challenge and how have you, how have you overcome it? So um, some organizations do volunteer management very well. Mm-hmm. You know, AARP is a great example. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. That's a, it's run by very, very few staff members. Um, and so uh, I think the biggest, one of the biggest challenges is volunteer retention because uh, people's lives change, <laughs> you know. It can change from the morning to night. It can change mm-hmm. in a matter of minutes. And just with number number of reasons why. So even though you have uh, committed volunteers, something can happen and they'll be gone mm-hmm. or their availability diminished, you know. So it, recognizing the need for systems and processes um, has been a challenge and then developing those to create the sustainability that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, funding. You know, we yeah. have this. We have this grant, mm-hmm. but in reality, what I'm learning is that it would be nice to have maybe a million dollars to just do like some <laughs> huge media marketing. You know, um, to get some quality videos created yeah. and, and content build a platform a presence um it's really hard it's it's really hard because i am one of three Mm -hmm. staff people in the entire state of california and i believe we're the only avp staff people in the world it is this organization is totally run by volunteers and when i when i went to our national conference and our statewide conference Um, you know I kept hearing over and over and over by these committed volunteers that they don't like outreach they just Mm -hmm. hate outreach and I get it you know you're an organizer you're a community organizer at that there's books that have been written about the burnout that happens you know so I I totally get it Um, and that's those are probably my my like top three biggest biggest challenges right now Okay. 
And so what are your, what are some of your successes that you've seen while you're doing this work? Or what is the, um, despite of those, you know, challenges, you know, uh, what is it that keeps you, you know, going, doing this work? So the biggest unspoken benefit, I think, I, I don't think it's advertised or marketed, but what naturally happens with us going into prison um, is is that the, the rehabilitation process, right? So the, the biggest reward for me has been watching somebody mm-hmm. take this workshop in prison, come out mm-hmm. and take these workshops in the community or facilitate these workshops in the community and community members see and meet and get to know these parolees in a way that they would have never allowed themselves to and really start to destigmatize, you know, everything that, that they're um, about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's really cool when, when formerly incarcerated people do these workshops, right. but don't mention that until maybe the second day of a mm-hmm. workshop. When we're answering a question like something you don't know about me, <laughs> you know, I yeah. love that question because just the most amazing things happen just in that in those twenty minutes. You know, um, people are are faced with their own biases and mm. they're having to to look at themselves really hard in that moment. You know? Wow, that's powerful. So you're saying the the biggest benefit is to be able to see that transformation process. Um, to see a person that was incarcerated, being a part of AVP, doing workshops in the community, and breaking down barriers that people may have about, you know, this population. Yeah, man. It, it happens out here, too. But I think that's, like, the most powerful for me because of all the adversity that they're facing and all the fear that they're facing with coming out, especially the guys who have been totally institutionalized, who have grown up in this, they call them system babies. Mm. You know, they've been incarcerated since they were 8, 9, 10, and have, have been there their entire adult life. Um, those are really powerful. But on the other, I, I also want to mention this because it's been really cool um, to be a part of as well. I went to Santa Barbara for um, a youth workshop that they were doing out there. I was one of like three adults in this workshop and it was all kids from like 13 to 17 and watching them come to their own understandings as well is pretty powerful it's i think working with youth is um is a skill i'm i'm not cut out for that because (laughs) i think i think because i'm a mom of teenagers and i just want to mom them all you know But um, my hats are off to the people who can do that and maintain healthy boundaries and, yeah. and whatnot. But uh, seeing that was pretty rewarding as well. Wow. And so what, what is maybe one of the common misconceptions or, or something that you want to dispel about alternatives to violence or maybe working with uh, the prison population? What is it? you want to tell the world I think um, I think people should stop being afraid of the word violence Mm -hmm. I think people should start to begin their own 
utilization of that word because we are all violent, every single one of us. And one of the very first things we do in a workshop is a brainstorm. What is violence? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and what we soon discovered is that so many things are, so many natural things, so many good things, so many holy things, so many beautiful things, necessary things mm-hmm. are violent. Mm-hmm. And, and conflict will always come up, always in our life, everywhere in our life. And there's a way for us to exchange ideas and experiences on how to resolve it in a nonviolent way, in a way that's healthiest for all involved. And so I, I think the biggest the biggest thing I would like and that I and, and my hope, you know, is that we we start really looking at that word violence um, and violent to be violent and, and take ownership of our own part in it to begin the process of learning a new way to deal with conflict. Wow, very good. And so what are you what are you currently working on and uh, how can people find out about you if they want to get involved with Alternatives to Violence Project? Yeah, um, so here in Bakersfield, actually I should change that, Wasco. Um, we're looking at starting up these workshops in Wasco and Delano mm-hmm. in the communities. Um, the prison programs are running solid, man. Mm-hmm. They're, they're monthly, they're going great, but really just getting more buy-in from the community. Um is, is what we're 2019 is all about. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So if, if someone wanted to find out about you or our terms to violence, where would they go? They would email me, kernavp uh-huh. at gmail.com. Um, they can call our 1-800 number, which is 1-800-905-6765. Um, they can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Central, AVP. Um, Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, uh, thank you, Kathy, and that's it for our show. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. If you would like more information about each entrepreneur, go to www.meshcowork.com. Until the next episode, make sure you keep on conquering.